Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. This is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides along the journey to RPG adventures. Role-playing inspiration can come from anywhere, and we use our side quest to explore TV shows, movies, books, and other RPGs that influence our playstyle and storytelling. Whether we draw from intriguing plot points, amazing characters, or, well, you know, just kind of geek out about it, it should be a fun trip, and we're glad you came along for the ride. from today's sponsor. Hey everybody, Mr. Dave here. I want to tell you all about... Oh, Mr. Dave! Mr. Dave! Hey Arnold, what can I do for you? I was just about to tell everybody all about the show. That's why I'm here. I thought of a wonderful way to do the commercial. Oh yeah? What's that? In song. It's educational. It's sensational. It's our puppet invitational. To join us each week for some fun. Sit back and relax. Grab some popcorn, some snacks, and get ready for the show. Sing along and get to know the sensation across the nation. It's a music-filled vacation. All your senses will be whirring and your brain cells will be stirring. It's the show you want to say. It's fun time with Mr. Dave. That was a great idea, Arnold. You can find Fun Time with Mr. Dave on Facebook and Instagram at Dave the Entertainer and on YouTube by searching Mr. Dave with an exclamation mark. See you next time. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. We are really excited for today's SideQuest episode. We have a very special guest on. We have Danilo from the Thinking Critically podcast. If that is not a podcast that has come across your radar yet, you really need to check it out. He's got some really fascinating shows on there, some really fascinating topics. So welcome, Danilo. Give yourself a little bit of introduction, please. Thank you ever so much for that awesome introduction. I'm I'm flattered. Yeah, so uh, my name's Danilo. I've been in the D&D space now for probably about five years. And yeah, I started the Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion podcast in the tail end of last year as a avenue for some creativity of mine. And the theme is basically we take a single word or topic and basically spin that out into a discussion that a... The, and, and the topics are quite abstract and yeah you know you, they can be approached from a number of different variables and, and vectors which which often i hope leads to rather interesting discussions first of all thanks also for me to you for uh appearing on our show not a problem and the invite that we had to be on yours mm-hmm. um i love your show the conversations are very deep they're involved. I love the fact that in many of the discussions, there are epiphanies, both on the side <laughs> of your guests and on your side. I mean, I had our, I had my own. I know Josh had his own just during our discussion, and it was kind of, that's actually why we're here today. Mm-hmm. We had that epiphany as we were concluding our recording, and we're like, you know, there's another part of this. There's something more. We could do, we, <laughs> we've got more conversation to have. 
So that's where the idea of having you appear on our show was birthed. Mm -hmm. And uh, we love having you here. And we really just wanted to carry on that conversation. We started a few weeks ago, uh, recorded a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. airing in a few weeks from the time of this recording. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. And I've I've been looking forward to, yeah, yeah, catching up with you guys and, and continuing that discussion. Absolutely, yeah. I uh, I'm gonna try to use the word right. We are positively chuffed that you're that you're on. <laughs> uh, so uh, so the the conversation. Um, so uh, your show is going to air, I think, two days after mm-hmm. this side quest comes out. So it'll be uh, this side quest will come out on Wednesday, and then uh, the show that we're on uh, with you uh, for your show is uh, is going to come out on Friday. And yep. the topic was space, and we touched on a variety of different topics that we didn't that uh the surprise of that episode was fabulous none of us knew kind of what we were going to talk about which was what made it so magical i think Mm -hmm. and one of the questions that i had written down at that time to go ahead and bring up was about how covid has impacted the space that we play because i'm sure from your previous experience like ours role-playing is a social activity it Mm -hmm. is uh, a handful of friends sitting around a table, throwing dice at one another, moving figs on a board, that sort of thing. And for the last you know year and change now, that has all been different. So many games have had to move online or take huge precautions to go ahead and meet in person. And this wasn't a topic I thought that we could handle in the scope of one episode on yours, because mm. I feel like you know this is probably going to go on for half an hour. So I didn't have, in mm. a one hour show, we just we didn't have the, have the space for it. Haha. Um, so I figured uh, that's why I'm so glad that you're on here today so that we can go ahead and kind of talk about this topic. So let's let's start. How has how has COVID impacted the space that that you play? Well, I mean, this it's weird coincidence because one of my players literally about four hours ago sent me a photo of us when we were playing in person back in 2019 and it was such a bittersweet experience to see us sitting around the table pulling all sorts of expressions and whatnot and I was just thinking like man it seems like a lifetime ago (laughs) yeah it 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 really does like that's it's so weird to even think about the fact that we used that we used to do that too right it's Mm -hmm. like just uh, everything has been so different so go ahead yeah so broadly we've got let's i'll start with my campaign the one that i dm obviously the one i pretty closest to my heart we were lucky well maybe i'm doing myself a disservice but um that we transitioned to the digital space rather well a, l- a number of the players exactly like you were saying were there for a large part of it for that social experience to to hang out i think i mentioned on the on uh my episode that it's it's all with my colleagues and it's all after work so there's there's quite a bit of banter and like you know are you clocking off at five today or five thirty that kind of stuff so there's quite a bit of camaraderie there to just you know clock off hit the road drive down the road and 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 play D for six hours so obviously now that dynamic has changed quite substantially and you miss out quite a lot you know people are eating dinner at you know scraping on their plates at different times and you know all the kind of real life stuff that too often gets in the way of the fun stuff uh, <laughs> whereas you know when we were playing in person it would get to you know eight o'clock and someone's like we having pizza or we having you know and and all that kind of stuff so that is a bit of a shame if only for the mechanical reason that it provides a very nice break in the middle of a session <laughs> which now isn't quite so clear-cut so that's yeah it, it's been it's been difficult and it's been tricky but um we've we've I'm fortunate enough that my players are willing to you know jump through the 
technical hoops and I, you know, fortunate enough to, they're happy to put up with me learning and <laughs> messing around with virtual tabletops and Discord bots for music and all sorts of weird and wacky stuff. A couple of other games aren't quite so lucky, um, but yeah, but, but what about you guys? So I have, you talk about games that weren't quite so lucky. I mm. was playing in one of those games that did not make the jump uh, successfully and so it it was uh, um, a game with a bunch of friends of mine where same kind of thing we would play on Thursday nights and it would be you know from seven till about ten so it was a good solid two and a half change of uh, of, of role play we'd bring dinner we'd eat dinner there normally it would, it would be pizza or subs or chicken wings or something like that right but somebody would bring something and there would be food to share and 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 all that stuff good Chinese yeah right mm. you know um, and when we had to go digital, man, we, I mean, we made a go of it for the last year, but this was a game that we would religiously play every two weeks. I mean, like clockwork, every two weeks, everybody was there. And then when we got to the digital world, all of a sudden, the, kind of the same thing that happens in a lot of D&D games where, you know, all of a sudden we miss one session and then all of a sudden it's been two months since we've played. And then all of a sudden half of us can make it, but half of us can't make it. And so do we play, do we not play, you know, what kind of thing? Um, and, and going from a game that was physical to a game that was virtual. Uh, so we were playing through the tomb of annihilation module and something about the dynamic of the group changed when we went, when we went virtual, when we went virtual, it, it just wasn't the same game. It didn't have the same feel. It didn't have Mm -hmm. that same camaraderie. And, and it really, it really suffered. And to the point that, you know, about uh, a month or two ago now at this point, ultimately the, the DM, I want, I, I said that the DM decided, but it was also something that had been talked about kind of in, in pairs of that group. Like, man, I don't, I don't know that this is working, but ultimately we decided that we're going to at least put it on hiatus for now until we can get back in person. And then once we're able to get back in person, uh, you know, um, figure out if we want to pick it back up, but I don't know. I mean, if I'm reading the tea leaves, I, I, I really don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that, um, there have been a lot of sort of changes in, uh, the, the out of game, uh, social dynamics between, uh, some of the players and calling the game to a halt, uh, sort of gave a real convenient way to say, I don't necessarily want to be in this game anymore. Mm. Well, I had a situation where the 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 tabletop game that I played at my local store when we were in that in-person space was amazing. One, I was at the game store that I've been going to since I was a child. Like, I first walked into that store at, like, eight years old. Even though the store has changed physical locations, it's still the same store, uh, just bigger space, whatever. So uh, in that game included my youngest son, so for me to be in a space where I was gaming and have my younger son, who was the same age I was when I went to that space, was awesome. It was something I take a great deal of pride in. Uh, one of my other players, two of his children who are around the same ages as my son, similar situation. So our 25, almost 30-year friendship with our children spending their whole lives having grown up as friends in this space, doing the same thing that their dads did, that was amazing. And we had other people, other gamers that we've met through different through different situations. We've known people from the shop that were strangers when they start started sitting at our table have become close family friends. 
were with us. So when COVID first hit, it was like, it will take a couple months off. It was, there was no worry that this would end the game. It became very apparent within two to three weeks, this was not going to be a couple months off. I mean, that was my personal take. I know lots of people and even some politicians, not to go down that road, thought it was going to be over in a moment or two. Uh, here we are a year later. Um, but, but the reality was I knew that this was not going to be quick. And I am not the world's greatest tech, tech, techno person. Uh, and the concept of doing a virtual game was exceptionally daunting for me. Mm. But I also was truly invested in providing this game and playing this game with my family and friends. So I kind of got beyond my fears, learned the virtual game a little bit, and I am still learning as I go. There are some things I'm tragically slow with and bad with. Fortunately, I have uh, great podcast partners who are teaching me as we go. Uh, and and I have great uh, podcasts that I have picked up. Uh, Danilo, Thinking Critically, uh, has been uh, Thinking Critical has been awesome in that regard. Some of your other guests have really helped spin my wheels in the right direction, provided great links to tools that I can use to enhance my game. A shout out to your recent episode mm. about um, utilities. Hmm. <laughs> but... Uh, it was one of those situations where I had to learn it because I was so, I cared so much about that game. And I'm right with you. When I think about a mental picture, because I don't think any of us have any specific pictures of in-person games or all of us around, um, though there are a few from the shop that they use on their page that show our group. Yeah, I feel that. I, I miss the fact that I'm not in that local shop every other week. And buying the soda from their machine or from or, or buying the snacks from their machine to help support mm. that business that has been such a great part of my life so i miss that space i miss all those things but at the same time virtual has also had other benefits there are things that i really like about the virtual the virtual space that despite my challenges with it and some of the things i miss it's going to be hard for me to go i am a person who loves to uh have deeply involved RP heavy campaigns and that's what I run but that requires an excessive amount of note taking mm. that is so much easier on <laughs> um, uh, in the virtual space than when you're in person Josh asked me about how my game yesterday went <laughs> and because I have a zoom chat because we also while we're playing there's a lot of chat for details and if I give treasure I put that in the chat so all that stuff is recorded as we're doing it and then I can always listen to the playback to take additional notes. So when Josh asked me that question late last night, I literally went to the notes, the, the recap notes that I was writing from those chat sessions, and I was actually able to just send him my session notes. And he's now has, I don't know if he's had a chance to listen, read it yet, but he now has all of the goodies from that game, which was really cool. I love that. I can't do that when I do a live game. That space doesn't allow for that, really. Hmm. Um uh, it, 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 the space we're in when we're live just taxes different mental muscles, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you just it, you kind of have to learn to be very adaptive. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So the the point about how taxing a physical game is versus a virtual game uh, it, that's something that I go through every session. I, I've been very lucky that the game that I run is an in person game, and. Uh, you know, we started back in like September or October, you know, and when I invited players to that game, you know, I was, I was very selective with who I invited in there because I wanted to make sure that I could, I could trust them 
you know, and not to sound too domineering here, but trust them both outside of the game, away from the table to kind of handle themselves re- responsibly, which, you know, can sometimes be hit or miss um, in the U.S. here anyway. Um, but also when they're at the table to go ahead and respect the other players at the table. You know, we all wear masks. We all keep as socially distant as we can, even though we're around a table. Um, you know, there's no food at the table. If you've if you've got a drink, you've got a straw, you know, all those sorts of things to go ahead and make sure that we're being, again, just as respectful and responsible as possible. The experience that I had with the game that I was playing in that went virtual and went badly really informed my decision about whether or not I wanted to, A, even run this game at all, uh, and there are a lot of reasons why I decided that to go ahead and, and run it. A part of it is that it had been stewing in my brain for you know ten years, and if I didn't start to get it out, it was going to take it. It was going to take over. But the question about whether or not to run it virtually or run it in person was a really big was a really big uh, thing that I struggled with because I I really didn't want to play virtually. I really didn't. And I know that like you know Lee Wanika, we've talked about some plans and things for like one shots and stuff like that that are going to be virtual. I think that'll be fine. But as far as like a big campaign, especially with the with the way that that we run campaigns, you know, there's there's terrain, there are figs, there's that interaction at the table that really requires almost face to face interaction of the players and face to face interaction between the storyteller and the players and stuff like that. It needs that physical space, and I'm I'm not necessarily sure how my campaign style would translate to. A virtual space. I was really nervous about that. I was really scared about that, to be honest, because I didn't want the game to go badly. I didn't want it to fall apart three months in because nobody was having any fun. Mm. Yeah, I think it's. I, I I was never that reluctant to move to online. I think we'd done it. I'd, I'd done it a couple of times in the past, so at least I had a bit of a appreciation for how it was going to be. What I didn't appreciate were the nuances of VoIP. So I mean, we've all been on VoIP calls. I'm. I sit on a number of enough meetings at work to know I can just sit there and listen and, and so on and so on. But yeah. obviously when you've got a number of players that are all trying to interact at maybe the same time, at maybe, you know, subtle nuances between them and then this, that, and the other, that is a skill that I'm, you know, was unaware of. And I'm still trying to pick up that as a, as a DM to be like, okay, no, wait, you, you shut up. <laughs> Cause this other guy <laughs> needs to talk. Um, right. And it's the hardest thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's a lot easier to do in person because in person you can just they can just go and have their chat over there, and it doesn't matter. And you can just have your one to one with the player. But obviously, when it's in Discord or something, you, everybody else has to be quiet. And I, you know, you're never going to fix that. Uh, and the other downside of that is obviously it leads to people maybe being more. Well, more bored makes it sound like they're already bored, which makes me sound <laughs> crap. But <laughs> yeah. but like yeah, just just more you know easily distracted shall we say yeah i mean i've certainly been on calls at work where i'm half paying attention Mm -hmm. um you know and i think that kind of everyone kind of gets into that into that mentality where it's like yeah i'm on this call but this actually isn't like a super important call for me Mm -hmm. to be on Mm -hmm. but i'm here and like you kind of like you key on it's like so josh what do you think about ticket Mm-hmm. One, two, three, six, five. You know, that kind That's of thing. That's a great and ticket. Love that like, one. Oh, okay. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. The greatest ticket of all <laughs> tickets in the history of tickets. While I'm typing furiously in the background to pull it up so I can see what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, you know. So if my boss is listening, he knows that this happens. So I, I feel safe. It's okay. Um, it never yeah. happens with me. <laughs> I am always on point. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean outside of the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah. So, and I think that that's, uh, again, talking about kind of the game that stopped, I think that that was part of the problem is that when, you know, when there was a lull, so when you're at the table and there is a puzzle, especially we're again, running tomb of annihilation, right? So puzzles, puzzles, everywhere, puzzles, not a drop to drink. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, uh, when you're in the zone and you're at the table trying to suss through that puzzle, everyone's engaged, Mm -hmm. but on a zoom call, it just, seemed like a lag and you know i've got you know 15 other tabs open and you know we're trying to figure out the thing but i'm not really like you know i don't know my mind is wandering mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing I, I so that that's just that's me like i just i feel engaged when i'm at the table and i felt less engaged in that virtual space and, and so i mean you guys who have successfully run campaigns in that virtual space do you really feel like that's kind of the biggest challenge to moving virtually is um, that the traffic cop role that you have to pick up as as the storyteller? Well, I know with my games, and, and I'll speak specifically about that first game because that started in a physical space and moved to virtual. So with that game, I have the same group of players about a year on both sides of that switch, right? So I have all the data to make a proper official comparison, um, alluding to a point I had made earlier about us all being professionals here. <laughs> And I actually feel very confident in making this statement. It taxes different muscles. I think we're doing the exact same thing. We just have to learn a different way to do it. When I'm in a physical space and I've got a player who may be not out of malice, but it's just his personality. He's excited. He's engaged in the game and he just wants to like get out what he wants to say in his character's voice. He can sometimes get to the point where he steamrolls characters. We've had some personal and one-on-one conversations, but you got to let other people have their agency, you know, let them go do their thing before you do their thing. And he's aware of it. He's, you know, and he does actively try and I can see that. So I don't, I feel strongly this is not a malice issue, but it's hard for him. That's just not his strength. Um, So in the physical space, it's a little easier. I can wave my hand a little bit (laughs) and he'll catch it, right? Because we're physically there. I'm at the head of a table. There's all this stuff laid before me, books along the the outskirts, this giant map underneath plexiglass so I can use dry erase markers. Figs are on the table. I can say, nope, I need everybody to not touch their figs right now. Let's focus on X. Or I can can manage that uh, with a lot of nuanced social cues. In the digital space, I have to do something very different. And it's not often I have to do, but occasionally I'm running the session. And because I use Zoom, I have this ability. I will just mute people. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds harsh, but usually that only happens if dogs are barking in the background or a person's family members are talking with them. You know, I have control of that issue. If it's not a player speaking and there is something that's happening that's taking away from another player... My obligation as a DM is to manage that. Mm -hmm. So I just do it. I've not had to have a great conversation. I've been thanked for doing that by both the the player who was being overdone and the player who inadvertently allowed the overdoing to happen. Mm. So I don't think it's significantly different, Josh. I think it's just more of you have to learn a different skill, uh, knowing when to do it. And you're having the same types of conversations, but maybe in a slightly different way. That said, not every player can do both. Mm. And so the idea of being selective in who you invite to your virtual game 
versus who you invite to your physical game actually becomes much more critical, much more important because some people are better in some spaces. Uh, you know, I, there's a ton of sports analogies, which I'm not going to use in this podcast because they're escaping me at the moment, though I think they would have been brilliant. Uh, you know, go Yankees. Um, uh, or, or should I, or, or, or in, in fairness, go Man U. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, nothing's precious with me. Uh, go team. It's fine. Yeah, go team. But essentially, I will just say that there are some people that are better in some spaces than others. And in the real world, we have great friendships out there and lots of those friends game. But if you know who's better for what space, then you got to make that call. You got to invite the people mm-hmm. that are good in that space or good for that space. And in some cases, good for that game. There are some people, if I'm running a high, a high entry game, if that's not their shtick, I don't invite them to that game. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, I'll be doing something else at some other point, And you're definitely in on that one. And that's kind of how I've, I've done it. That's that's really interesting. That's uh, just to follow on that. I was reading um, there was a thread in one of the Facebook groups that I belong to, like a DM questions for DMs only or <laughs> something like that. Um, and they're they're running the Tomb of Annihilation module with their players. Um, and their question to the DM community was: All of my players hate doing puzzles. They keep finding ways around them. How do I fix that? And and my question back to them was. If all of your players hate puzzles, why do you continue to throw them at them? <laughs> this is there is a disconnect here, but it's not it's not on the players connecting with the game. It's on the game connecting with the players. It's it's the other way around. And everyone's like, yeah, this guy's right. Like if, if you, none of your players like the game you're running, <laughs> like don't run that game. And I, so I think it's it kind of goes to the same thing that I was talking earlier. Like I invited players to the table who I knew were going to be respectful of the game and of the other players, of the other people there. And it sounds like it's the same kind of thing when you go virtually. It, it is. It's, it's, it, I completely agree. You, you often hear, especially with D&D, it's, it's everybody's game for everybody, which, which it is, but the, the subtitle to that is, but individual games might not be for everybody. And every, you know, if you want a serious face RP heavy one with reams and reams of lore, then, you know, the guy whose character is a walking, chicken or something is is, he's not really gonna fit in that well man it was was way harder than i thought to be safe for work with my (laughs) analogy there (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah so yeah like Like it's not it's not gonna work and we have a we have a in my game there's there's a there's a spectrum of of people and some are more serious based and some are more as i said earlier just there to to hang out but i think we're in you know a banded tightly enough that we can still kind of get along as long as there's a little bit of flex here and a little bit of flex there eventually everybody has their piece of the pie uh, and it happens to be the pie that they like to eat um but what i wanted to say about earlier on about lee you were saying about managing discord essentially which is an additional overhead yeah that there's a bit at the table of okay you know waving your hand or guys can you be quiet because we're talking over here but in terms of like I've I also have had to mute players because he's he, he he walked his laptop into the kitchen. There's his housemates in there, clanging, bashing around, cooking spaghetti and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put him on mute. I hope no one doesn't mind. <laughs> uh, which is again, you know, like another just a, a little bit of an overhead there that I hadn't appreciated before going in to be like, right, I'm gonna have to, you know, it's almost like herding cats sometimes trying to get everybody online and. Most of my players are 
kind of PC or get, you know, video gamers or whatnot. So I've got Discord, I've got a camera, I've got a microphone and stuff, but some very much aren't. So they are, you know, using the mobile app maybe, which apparently just sets your phone on fire because it just runs so hot. <laughs> so I got one guy who was saying, oh yeah, I had to prop mine in my shoe and put a fan on it because it was getting so hot. <laughs> so it's just those those pro- I try not to fix my shoes. Yeah. It's, just, it's those kind of problems that you would just never ever get have, have now come in. So he's like, "Oh yeah, I can't, I can't, I have to." Another guy said it it came to his battery, so before playing, he has to make sure his phone's charged adequately, but he can't charge it while playing because then it does get too hot and it shuts down. So <laughs> that's a, so crazy new problems that were just never in my scope of thinking. So. One of my players, he actually does a two-phone process, or or a computer and phone. So he's primarily through one, but he, but because of the way it works with his phone, he actually has his camera on the phone. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're seeing him, but his voice is going through a different medium, mm-hmm. which allows his two devices to operate without catching fire and without running out of battery but it is so finely tuned based on the average length of our games that uh even though we set up our quote-unquote tech test uh as a half hour for kibitzing and making sure everybody's up and operating uh before the game starts he can't sign into that on those devices until like two minutes before because if he does he will run out of power uh, before the end of the session, <laughs> it so it you know like you said just crazy problems uh, that are, happen with one that don't happen in the other. Mm. On the player side, when I play in virtual games, I have simply had to figure out like I will actually have because uh, I use D and D Beyond for the character mm. I'm using in 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 the in a game, and I actually enjoy using the dice rollers on that, but on my main device, the dice rolls exceptionally slowly. So um, I've learned, uh, I got the app on the phone, or so I'm, I'm actually rolling the dice on the phone, but because that's so small, I'm actually reading it on a screen and I've got Zoom on a different screen and it, you know, but it works. You know, it allows me to kind of, I figured out a, a, man, a way to be able as a player to focus because to Josh's point, we have all been in, and I jested earlier, mm. we've all been in that meeting where we're only casually paying attention to exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's a struggle. <laughs> it is easier for me to pay attention to a D&D game I'm playing in because I play so infrequently that I get engrossed in it. It is also easier because the DM that runs that game, an old friend of mine, is one of the greatest DMs I've ever uh, played with. And he is so good at what he does. Josh has played with him and he's playing in a game with his yep. uh, currently as well. That it is hard to not pay attention to mm. what he's doing. Um, and yep. uh, I endeavor to be that DM. I hope I am in many ways. The person that people are kind of hanging on his every word or waiting for that NPC description and conversation. But in the moments when I'm not, or even in those rare moments when he's not, I as a player have the responsibility of shutting off the distractions. I mean, you can see me, our podcasters are listening, so they can't, but I have a screen here and it blocks off the stuff behind me for a reason, right? I am in this space for this focused purpose, so I have everything else off. Uh, today I'm talking from one computer, one screen. I have a separate machine to my right that is off because I want to focus and I don't want to be distracted. Mm. I shut down the other windows before we got started. 
Josh and I were checking to make sure all additional sounds that might beep in and chime in are off. You're a podcaster. You do the same thing. We do that because it's how we get, produce a good show, mm -hmm. but in very much the same fashion, as players, we need to do that. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to say, what are the things that impede me from being able to focus? How can I get rid of those? Mm -hmm. um, I, for those that work from home all the time, I don't know how you do it consistently. I wasn't very good at it. I mean, I got my job done when I was doing it at the beginning of COVID, but working from home is a space that I'm not at my best. Eight hours in a row, even if I shut off all my distractions, I get distracted. Mm -hmm. Uh, my mind distracts me because I'm in a space that's for my home. Yep. Having a separate a separate office space within your home, that would probably help greatly. I think Josh has talked about that at, at various points in the past as well. Yeah, I, I have. I have because that, that absolutely made, made the difference for me was having a room with a door that when I'm working, I can close the door if I need it to be private or whatever like that. But also that when I'm done... I can get up from my chair, I can open my door, I can close it behind me, and now work is there and I'm home. Just that physical barrier to separate the spaces made all the difference in the world. I mean, I used to work from my dining room table and it was one of those things I was, I always felt like I was working. You know, I'd, I get up early, right? So I'm up around 5 30, 6 o'clock in the morning making coffee. I'm going to check my email real quick because I work with a bunch of people in, in Europe, you know, between London and Barcelona and St. Petersburg, Russia. So at that hour, they've been, They've been on for six hours already at that point. So, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock, I'm, I'm checking email. I'm checking in with people, you know, like I'm uh, during dinner time, you know, while my wife was making dinner, I'm checking email. I'm doing, you know, trying to set up the next day. And it's just kind of felt like I was always on. At least here, there's again, that there's that physical division. So, you know, like I do all the podcasting recording in here too. So it's the same kind of thing. I can go to a space. I can do the work that I need to be doing and then and then uh, and then leave. I'm, I'm well. I have an office space, but it also happens to be my gaming space. So that's a, that's about <laughs> as blurred of lines as you could get. I think that that player is a maturity thing, right? Turning off distractions, and I don't think you know nobody is ever perfect. I'm the first to say, you know, especially in longer combat, you know, I'll put my hands up and say, yeah, I've I've dialed out. It's you know, if it, if it's not like the big boss or anything, it's it's so easy, especially doubly so when you're at home and I'm sitting in front of my PC that has got, you know, my Twitter in the background, just sitting there and, and so on and so on. So that, that's a maturity thing that uh, when I start in two days time DMing since my Christmas holiday, I'm going to try and be a little bit t not well, tougher. Again, makes it sound like I'm <laughs> the hand of God, like, yeah. Dictatorial, yeah. <laughs> you shall listen to my words. Um, so saith the GM. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know just a little bit more like guys I, I i can't turn off as the dm i find so at least come and meet me halfway and uh <laughs> but that's another thing i wanted to mention earlier on about discord so i've got one screen one monitor on my desk but it's nice and tight it's nice and tidy and cozy and nice and wide however for things you know when it, when i was playing in person it was no problem to have D&D Beyond on my laptop and then I could see everybody in real life. But now, when if I have to go to the virtual tabletop we're using, I kind of lose visibility of people, which hurts me a little bit more than I thought it would. Just to, just seeing their faces, it, it often feels a lot more uh, one-directional, just like I'm just talking to a, either a, a massive audience or nobody. You know, the, the, I'm not in front of people anymore. I'm 
trying to micromanage a virtual tabletop. I absolutely agree with you. That was a challenge I have, which is what right now my gaming space and when I have to work from home, my space is in my bedroom. Uh, to my left, like I can touch it, is my bed. To my right, and I can touch it, is my closet. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm in an exceptionally tight spot because I'm only 5'3", so the, uh, my arm span is not significant. <laughs> um, this is actually less than a five-foot square I'm working in right now. So uh, with that as, an, I, as my start point, I have that same challenge. And I'm actually operating some, most times with two screens. I'm looking forward to next month. Uh, one of my older children is uh, getting her own place. I'm going to have a new room which is going to become my office, my game space, my podcast space. So I'll be able to set it up better for recording where I'm not having to dismantle everything and then put it all back together, which should hopefully help with limit the amount of tech issues I have (laughs) starting each day. But it will also allow me to better center my screens. I have plans to get a third monitor, and and that's going to allow me to have... uh, a separate machine for when I share screen, whether it be the VDD terminal or whatever, Mm -hmm. the machine I'm generally operating so I can put, uh, I can move my Zoom screen or Discord screen directly in front of where the camera is. So when I'm talking, I'm looking at the camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so, uh, to better give people uh, engagement with me Mm -hmm. virtually as well as my engagement with them. Uh, it is disconcerting to talk to people you can't see at great length, yeah. um, uh, especially when you're trying to be in a creative, interactive endeavor where you're trying to feed off of them. I have always been amazed by musicians who record totally separate times, separate places, and blend beautiful harmonies. The production team on those are amazing because I, uh, who, who has sung and has done music with Josh, <laughs> I don't think we would be very good at doing it without being in person. I so much feed off of the visual component that those close nuances. So being able to look at who I'm speaking at when I'm speaking becomes everything for me as a DM. Uh, And that is probably the most significant challenge to Josh's question. How do we do it? That is probably the biggest hurdle Mm -hmm. is being able to look at your players while you're playing. So you have to find a way to get yourself physically set up in your space so your camera and where you see people are relatively speaking in the same. Like you, um, as we're doing this right now, we're off kilter by a little bit, but hopefully I've got the camera set up just about right. So it looks like I'm basically looking at you when I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so important. I notice that when I watch shows and watch podcasts and recordings, anytime there's a camera angle where somebody's not looking at somebody, and it's okay if you're doing a three-camera setup and it flips for editing purposes and emphasis and a, a director can make cuts to make that happen look good, but generally speaking, if you're talking to me, I want you to look at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think inherently people want that themselves, even though we live in an age where people are actively forgetting this fact. Mm. But that's why we struggle in the world, in my opinion, with engagement, because people aren't looking at each other when they're talking. We're walking down the street like this instead of like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, <laughs> and I think that's important. I, I um, that again, that's another thing for Discord or any I keep saying Discord, it, any team's uh, VoIP video call thing you want your, of your choice. But I want to get into the habit of like directing to the camera. Because I say for the players, it feels a bit more like an NPC is talking to them and not 
something else but i'm still very much like you i want to i'm look i'm too busy looking at the screen where the, where i can see their faces uh so I'm, I'm still kind of in a in a training mode for being like i'm an npc and this is my you know pointing to the camera this is my camera like it would be if i was on a tv show for example talking to the camera whereas normally i'm like buried away in some beyond screen or fiddling about with macros or you know that kind of stuff so that's a that's something i'm gonna endeavor to do a little bit more uh to try and yeah again try and bridge that gap a little bit of despite us being so remote any thoughts anything else uh, on space or have <laughs> we finally got to the end of this topic uh uh this time <laughs> I don't think we ever will. But the only the only final thought I had was that, as I said, I, I was lucky, very fortunate that the players and the nature of my game enabled me to continue to play. As I said, one of my main primary in-person player campaigns ha- has not been. But my point is, is that that's not, you know, that's just the nature of the beast, right? And I don't want anyone to be, feel bummed out or, you know, like gutted that they can't play anymore and that, hey, once this is all over, that will, that will happen again. And it's just that your game isn't best suited to online, and that's hunky dory, and you know, it's it's no no big deal. And yeah, and for me, uh, the one thing I would say about the difference between the digital and the physical uh, and the physical space is the greatest benefit of the digital space for me is distance, and that is to say. There are people I gamed with when I lived in a different state here in the U.S. I lived in Maine. I now live in Connecticut. Uh, that I formed lasting familial bonds with those people. And without virtual gaming, we would maybe see each other once a year for very short periods of time, if that. And we would never be at a table again together because there just wasn't a way to connect, you know, resources, time, and all of that. Uh, Virtually, I am now gaming on a regular basis with those individuals that have been so important to me. And I think that's amazing. Uh, Similarly, I went to, I had a virtual convention and if it had been an in-person convention, that game would have ended right there. But because it was a virtual convention and that group clicked so well, that is now an ongoing game that I run bi-weekly with people who have become friends and we have formed connections and are becoming those similar types of bonds that uh, I, I enjoy with my friends in Maine. And if we had been in person, that would not have happened. And so while there are challenges and there are difficulties and there are things that are lost by virtual, we are also gaining things that we could never get by the in-person space. So as opposed to thinking about this as, wow, this is bad or this is how we have to do it. I look at it as I now have an entirely new set, uh, a new set of gaming tools mm. that I can use to expand that. And when we get back to the physical space, I my first game will move back to the physical space, but I'm not going to end my virtual game and, and the virtual game I play in because those are wonderful to me. And I think that that's an important thing to take away from this and anybody listening to us take that away from us mm. if you haven't tried it maybe it's not the game maybe it's not the technology maybe it's you just haven't found the right mix for you and your situation mm-hmm. and if you're out there listening and looking and you are open to the idea you'll find something that works 
And when we get back to the physical, you can still do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's a fabulous place to leave today's episode and leave this conversation. Danilo from Thinking Critically, thank you so much for coming in today. This has been an absolute blast. No worries. Thank you ever so much for having me. I had a lot of fun, uh, as I did when you guys were on my show. So. If, if at all possible, we should do this again. A couple times a year would be awesome because I enjoy listening to you. You're in my car. I am actually in the middle of one of your episodes right now. I don't commute over the weekend, so I'm going to pick you back up on Monday and finish that one. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, the opportunity to, to engage in these conversations satisfies a big itch for me because whenever I listen to your podcast, I am talking with you and I'm like, you can't hear me right now. Like, why can't you hear me? So um, we have to do this again so that sure. you can hear me. For sure. When, when my ears are burning tomorrow, yeah. I'll know exactly, why. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, please, two days from now, check out the Thinking Critically podcast. You'll hear the other half of our space conversation that we had with Danilo. If you want to go ahead and leave us feedback on this episode, let's go over how we can go ahead and do that. So the best way to do that is go directly to the website. That is www.ttjourneys.com. You can subscribe to the blog, leave comments on all of our podcast episodes. We'd love to hear you there. Also, we are active on both Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, you can catch us at TT Journeys. And then at Facebook, if you just search for Tabletop Journeys, you can join the group and join the active community that's on there. Lastly, if you just want to email us questions, you can send those directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And uh, Danilo, if you would kindly give us your contacts so we can hear where our our audience can uh, meet up with you, engage in your conversations, leave you messages, likes, and subscribe. Sure, thanks. Uh, so my podcast, uh, Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion, should be on it, pretty much any podcast platform of your choice. Uh, just search for Thinking Critically, and it's the one with a pretty cute purple uh, logo with a 20 in the inner brain. I'm quite active on Twitter, at Danilo underscore D&D uh, and also on Facebook and Instagram at Thinking Critically or a, a variant of but uh, should be should be easy enough to find on those ones and yeah I yeah please drop me a message I'd, I'd love to have someone tell me how to do things better <laughs> <laughs> well again thank you so very much for joining us and for all of our listeners thank you for listening this has been Tabletop Journeys and in the words of a fellow traveler along our journey We bid you shade and sweet water. Mm